0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Interesting they're not doing shit, though, you know?
0: Yeah. Here we go. You're yeah.
1: listening
2: to Oilers Nate.
0: The intro won't work, so just go.
1: <laughs> Ding dong. But I could hear it. I could hear the intro. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay, hold on a second. I could. Here it comes.
2: You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the
1: Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Uh, uh, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 95,261. Bag Milk here. Liam, Rick, Dan, Tyler. Gang's all back. The Christmas week is just wrapping up. We're in that weird time of the year where nothing seems to matter. Who knows what day it is. I woke up at 10 a.m. today, Tyler. I never do that.
0: Yeah, actually, I did too. It was crazy.
1: So, take it while you can. We've only got a few days left, and then it's back to the grind in 2023. As we do, we kick off every week's podcast with a shout out to our friends at DoorDash and Oodle Noodle. Oodle Noodle location number 18 just opened in Calgary in early December. If you've checked it out, if you're an Oilers fan behind enemy lines, I want to know what you think of the new Oodle Noodle down there. I can tell you it's delicious, but I want to hear from you. And if you're feeling lazy because you've cooked all week, Hit up DoorDash, get a little delivery. Liam, one more time. Ding dong! Whoa. There you That's go. Lovely, good That's job, buddy.
3: Little, really nice. I'm background. currently
4: an Oilers fan in enemy territory, so maybe I'll go to Oodle Noodle today. Where are you? Red I green. am. I am in. <laughs> I'm in Chestmere, my second <laughs> home. It feels like in the moment. Well, enjoy Chestermere. Thank you. A Detroit Lions
3: there. hat though. A Detroit yep. Lions hat.
4: This little thing. The playoff Lions. yeah right we're gonna blow it we're going 0-2 in our last two games to knock ourselves out of the playoffs it's gonna be awesome
1: as we do every week we start off with a delicious debate for our friends at DoorDash Noodle Noodle what have you got for us today sir
0: well it's our final show of the calendar year of 2022 so I figured we could look back and start with the on ice moments what was the best on ice moment
2: from the Edmonton Oilers in the last calendar year
1: First up on my screen, Nation Dan. I see you first. What do you got?
2: Oh, dear. I mean, I'm going to take the easy one off the board. It was Connor McDavid eliminating the Calgary Flames in Game Five mm-hmm. in overtime in their recently, currently still falling apart barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that fell over the off season, if you remember. So, uh, so yes, McDavid eliminating the Calgary Flames was the high point for me.
1: Hard to argue with that one. I can still hear the call on that goal. Game winner. Is that because you post it every second day? (laughs) Well, sometimes people need to remember, you know? It should be your alarm clock.
2: It should be your alarm clock. I'm open to that. You're doing a huge service for the public.
1: I'm absolutely open to that. Next up on my screen, Rick, you are coming up next. Your favorite weather's moment from the last 12 months.
3: Well, this wouldn't have been possible. Dan's would not have been possible had we not gone out and beat LA in seven. So I'm just going to take the the first playoff victory in... Four years, I guess it would have
1: been. That was also a good one. Game seven, I was there. Liam still recovering financially. Yes. That leads me to you, sir, Liam. What is your favorite Oilers moment from the last 12 months?
4: Well, I'll try and just stay away from McDavid because we could do a full 12-month calendar and what that man did for the Edmonton Oilers this year. But one moment I kind of was thinking about was... When Tyson Berry got that goal against LA in the playoffs. Game six. That was yeah, that was awesome. That was pretty legit. That was really fun just being like what well, obviously I wasn't in LA, but like being at home, watching the game, eating bananas. I ate a ton that game, and then Tyson Berry put an end to it. So that was a that was an awesome, awesome little play there by Mr. Berry.
1: Uh one of my favorite off ice moments, Liam, was that you admitted you were eating stress bananas. And that just kind of yeah. turned into a thing now. Just, I actually,
4: I got two banana gifts for Christmas. I wish I had them here, but I got a Lego man <laughs> in a banana suit and I got a t-shirt that is straight up a banana. So even my family
2: is is joining into the bit now. You turn those Scott and nice. Cold performers into show and tell. What the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. now those are nice,
3: but I'm surprised nobody's got you like a bunch of bananas. Like it's Like a nice little bundle.
1: Yeah, Nobody, like no bundle. There's six
3: bananas for you. You can wear the t shirt. That's cool. The Lego <laughs> man is dope. But an actual banana.
1: Make sure you're off the year with a plenty of potassium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to build oh, up. Got to build
0: potassium. up. Yum.
1: Tyler, your yep. favorite on ice moments from 2022.
0: Oh, and and this one is considering all your answers, I'm not even trying to be different. This was gonna be my pick if I went first. Connor McDavid, game seven against the LA Kings. I mean, that performance in general was unreal when you factor in the big hit on Dersey early in the game. But I think that goal late, you're only up one nothing coming down the stretch. And that like that goal in itself, the way he just seemed to kind of be like, you know what? I'm ending this thing. And took a couple of efforts, had to go around the net. And then the emotion when he scored, not just from McDavid, but from the crowd too. For me, that's why I picked it over the OT winner against Calgary. Cause there's just something about the roar of Rogers place in a big playoff moment there that, I mean, being in the rink, I'll never forget how loud that place got. Um, That was an all timer from McDavid.
1: Yeah, it it really was an amazing moment. Uh, Just to try and be a little bit different. I'm going to say when we were down in LA Tyler for game three against the Kings, and that was the game that the Oilers absolutely lit LA up. And there is nothing more fun than watching your team blow out the opposition mm-hmm. in the opposing arena. Yes. I got hit in the head with a beer that day, mm-hmm. but would I do it again? Yes, I would because we also took that hilarious picture with Olivier Rodriguez on the concourse. We met a, ton kind of hilarious Oilers fans down there. The group was amazing. So I'm just going to say that entire night of game three. Also, um, watching a couple of victories in Calgary this year. Uh, we don't really get to see those all that often. We went down just in October. That was one of those games where I thought Stuart Skinner kind of stole the game a little bit, but we just had an amazing time. And then we had that pre event at Greta down there first, and it was just fun. It was great. Anything else that sticks out to you guys from the best moments of 2022?
4: Uh, I have one recent moment which is really cool was Bouchard's like last second tying goal. That was awesome. That was just a really yeah. cool moment. Just from a recent thing. Um, I mean, wasn't was McDavid's goal against Winnipeg in 2022?
1: Was that and the, uh, the calendar?
4: They were both 2022. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's so, a couple yeah. more. No, that would you have know? been
1: 2021. Rangers that would was... have been yeah, started of the year.
4: Late. Well, I think Winnipeg was early 2022, if I remember rightly. Been,
1: can I can remember just a lot of epic
2: the,
4: moments. Been a roller coaster, ever been awesome.
2: One of the best moments for me was the was the Ben Stelter. Uh, the oh, rise yeah. of Ben Stelter mm-hmm. and the lore around Ben Stelter, and of course, it it of course had a low point as well. But you know, most good stories have an ending, and so that's uh, and but but as we've seen, you know, since then, he's his Ben Stelter Foundation is. Uh, the Ben Stelter fund is really going to take that and go further. But yeah, the story of Ben kind of rising up and, and throughout the playoffs, it was, uh, it was something special.
1: Just kind of tagging on that a little bit. um, It's not an on the ice thing, but just if you've been in Edmonton during a playoff run, it's just so much more fun to be here when the Oilers are in the playoffs and just seeing all the car flags around, seeing the hype in the city, seeing just people spill out of Rogers Place after a win and into the streets. And just it was a lot of fun. I remember the, well, the Nuge game against Calgary. I'm pretty sure I was the first one out of Rogers Place that night and the first one into the Pint Post game. And we just <laughs> had the best time. And it was one of those nights where Rick and I just got a little bit piled up, got a little bit silly, kind of wandered home. Yeah, happened really it. fast, too. Well, yeah, we kind of went bang, bang, bang like in the span of 90 <laughs> minutes, zero to 100. <laughs> So it was just that kind of thing. And all the all the 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 pregame parties we had or the viewing oh. parties we had all over the place were great. Mm. Um just interacting with nation citizens throughout this whole thing was fantastic. Um the the vibes at Nation HQ throughout the playoffs, everybody was excited, everybody's making a bunch of content. So just a really fun year, especially considering you started 2022 off on such a low. Dave Tippett got fired. Team was spinning their wheels at the worst possible way. There was all those Evander Kane rumors on better late than never on Wednesday, Tyler and I walked through some of the, the top 10 biggest stories on the from the past year. So I basically aggregated a bunch of traffic from the website over the last 12 months. And it was just, it was interesting to see what came out. It was interesting to see what came out. So like William said, definitely a roller coaster year. I'm going to hear from you. Favorite on ice moments. Hit us up ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Liam. I have one more. Hit us. When Mike Smith
4: came back from the dressing room <laughs> <Yes>. on Calgary. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was awesome. We made I mean, the video. Was the that the video? Zach, video? Zach, Zach made that, Zach, video. that video. was incredible. Unbelievable. Just even even without the, the audio behind it, it was awesome to see. And then with the audio, it was so much fun. Like that just kind of that whole thing, just part of the being part of the playoffs again and the whole emotions around that was awesome. But the Mike Smith was hilarious. Just hilarious.
1: If I can tag on that one, Liam, if you don't mind. Uh um, seeing Calgary win game one of that series the way they did, and how confident that whole city was mm. up until the Oilers rattled off four straight in many cases after coming back from behind. It was it was amazing. I it was, was hilarious. Watching them
3: grasp at straws the next after we lost a call. Oh, we guys lost and you didn't win the next game. They just grasp
2: grasp at straws straws just to make them feel better about getting whooped by us. And then Mm -hmm. there's their entire summer that followed after that. Karma gets you down, you know? Mm.
1: And then lastly, just one. It wasn't like a play or anything, but anytime I see the photo, I laugh. After Connor gets the winner in OT in game five. Jay Woodcroft's standing between the benches, hands on his <laughs> hips, waiting oh. for Daryl Sutter. Every <laughs> time I see it, I laugh. <laughs> that the should be a statue written. in itself. Oh. oh, amazing. Amazing. Again, I want to hear from all of you. Owen radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Just slide into the DMS or hit us up with a reply. What was your favorite moments of 2022? I hear my dog just knocked out down something upstairs. That's great. So we'll <laughs> see what that is later. I want to go back to Tuesday next. So that was the last battle of Alberta of the year. Oilers end up winning two series against the Flames in one season, or in one calendar year. hi I just want to talk about one thing specifically. The win was a big credit to Stuart Skinner. The Flames were shooting pucks from everywhere. That was one thing that was kind of annoying. People were like, oh, the Oilers got absolutely blown out. Well, a big chunk of those shots were from around the perimeter where there was such easy saves for Stuart Skinner. What did Even you Woodcroft pointed it out. Did
3: he? I didn't, I missed that. Oh yeah. He even brought up the fact that they just like to shoot from anywhere to kind of bring up their stats a bit.
1: What'd you guys make of the last battle of Alberta of the year?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think they were shooting as
0: you would say, bag milk from the parking lot. Like I was looking at the heat map on natural statric, and like, there is a lot of green on this bad boy from outside of the circles and from the top of the zone. So I think it was a, they were definitely the better team from the crease out or in front of the crease, I should say, maybe Um, they they played good. They outplayed the Oilers for long, long stretches of that game. But Connor McDavid is always going to get his, even if you hold them to one shot on goal. And Edmonton's goalie was better. And last time I checked, goalies are a part of the game. So mm-hmm. I, I give Edmonton full marks for that win, because sometimes even when you don't have your best, you need to find a way to get the two points. And that's what I thought that game was
1: against Calgary. Liam, what do you think?
4: Well, as I mentioned off the top, I am in Lames territory right now. Mm. <laughs> and I listened to the post game show on I, I don't even know, 960 I think it is. So Why? it was quite I was just very curious what they were like yeah. going to talk about and how it, if nice. it was any different was and it was um <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name, but he was like, you know, when the Oilers and Flames um play each other in the playoffs like Sutter Sutter's going to show his his team this video again and show them all the good things they did. And he's like, but you lost at the end of the day, (laughs) you you lost the game. Like I don't, I can't see Daryl Sutter showing anybody this tape ever again. And even in the post games with Sutter and I think it was Backlund that were talking about it. They kept asking him, they were like, Oh, but you played so well at five on five. And they were like, yeah, but we lost the game. Like we didn't win. And it was, there was one other thing that was quite funny. Oh, they were, they called out Oilers media for saying how the Oilers don't get between Markstrom's ears. Like, we say we're, like, between his head, ears all the time, right? Yeah, they, they were like... uh Oh well, what does this performance say to you? It's like, oh well, it tells me allowed two goals on twenty-one shots, and the least won the game.
0: So and he still got beat by McDavid.
4: Yeah, again, and both goals kind of down funny. low on the glove side. Yeah, we we always talk about how maybe Edmonton is like a tough market to play in. Like a lot of people say that, right? And on the somebody called in to the show is actually. It, I think it was Pat Steinberg's show that they called It was him who was on the air at the time. And they called in and they blamed Markstrom for the second, for like McDavid's goal. They are like, how do you not stop that? And it just goes to show it's not only Edmonton that gets on top of their players sometimes. It happens down here in Calgary too. And it's like, what do you want Markstrom to really do in that situation?
3: Markstrom so, made some pretty big fucking yeah, too, if I'm not mistaken. He, he went post he, to post he, to stop Leon twice.
1: Yeah, he was there good. Was that, there was that one on Jesse right in the slot, point blank.
3: So as much yeah. as everyone wants to sit here and say, you know what, the Flames are the better, blah, 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 The Oilers, if they were able to capitalize on two or three more chances, that game wasn't even be that close.
0: I mean, if yeah. the Flames don't hit a goal post late, that game goes to overtime. So there's the flip side so of that that's argument. That's not,
3: too, not right. even a shot on net, though. Yeah, but he hit the <laughs> post, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, would you cover the, why would you cover the post? <laughs> <laughs> Was it the inside I, uh... of the post or outside of the post? They, he's got the inside of the post
1: covered. One thing that, that I love one thing that I love from that game was just the way that Stuart Skinner stepped up in a huge way. I thought there was times where the Oilers, they just, they looked like they just got back from Christmas break. They yep. looked like they had a couple of cocktails, drank, ate too much turkey, a little bit sloppy. Pot passes were maybe a foot ahead, foot behind. Stewart was there to cover up the mistakes and he was fantastic. I, I wish like
3: we could blame that on the holiday feasts, but they've been doing that stupid shit in our own end all year.
1: Well, I'm trying here. I'm trying.
3: I know, <laughs> man, like it's frustrating. Like it's just, yeah. you see five guys staring at one direction and some guy walks great in from band, the outside.
1: side. I, I'm <laughs> staring at them too. You know what? I would too. If I had the chance, bunch of great songs, story of my life. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent.
3: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Life is full of awesome
3: what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Um,
1: one thing I wanted to ask you guys about because I didn't get a chance because we haven't spoken since that game was the knee on knee hit. Mackenzie Weger on Connor McDavid. And my thought was I wrote about it at com, And the reason I'm bringing it up is because a lot of people got really upset with me for my take, which was, which was if Connor McDavid gets need, can somebody please step in and do something? I don't care if you rub a face with a glove, I don't care if you slash them in the top of the ankles. Just do something. Write a letter to his mom for all I care. It just drives me crazy when nothing happens, when the best player on earth takes a knee like that. And the argument that a lot of people gave me was, you don't want to send Calgary to the power play and risk losing that game because the penalty kill sucks. And I thought, fuck that. Yes, you do. Because what I would say is, If that's your captain, the most important player on your team, and he's going to take a shot like that, I risk taking that penalty every single time to stand up for him. And maybe they lose that game because they allow a power play goal, or maybe the PK rises to the challenge and kills one off for whoever defended the captain. I do that every single time because the long term, it's going to keep people away from him if they know he's going to be defended, at least on a small level. I'm not saying drop the gloves if you're not a fighter, but fuck man, throw a cross check or something. If Evander Kane was out there with him, there is no way Weger would have gone untouched. Zero. And I guess it just bothers My- me that Connor can get hit and run or need like that. And nobody does a thing. It drives me nuts.
3: So one, I want to know who on the ice actually saw the play enough to see what, exactly what we saw. Um, so I don't know who's who'd react right away on the ice. I'm also not necessarily a guy who needs that uh, to happen on the ice right away, but given some time and an iPad, Everybody saw what that play happened. He should have been dealt with later in that game. That's okay, fine you don't too. have to jump him right away. Don't got to jump him right away. I get the penalties. I get all this stuff. Whatever. But there's no way that you didn't see this at intermission or commercial break yeah. or whenever. Players saw it. You need to grab him. And you need to start hitting him in the boards, put him through the boards, put him into the parking lot. You cannot allow him to get away at this. I don't need it to be right instant. But it has to happen throughout the game.
1: For me, it's just like, again, you, Ricky, make a good point. I don't know who saw what when they were on the ice in real time. But like, if I turn around and Connor's laying on the ground, I'm just making my first punch a drop kick on somebody. (laughs) I don't care who it is. It just, it drives me nuts that nobody defends him. And I'm not saying he needs to be defended. He probably doesn't even want it, but somebody's got to do it.
3: You can't say no one defends him because when he got the Edler hit, Nurse jumped in there right away. Yeah,
1: 100%. But my standard is... This
3: play needs to be dealt with better.
1: Yes, my standard is that game on November 25th. I looked it up because I put it in my, in my article that day. Robert Bartuzo got pushed into Andre Vasilevsky. He was pushed into the net by a Lightning player. What happened? All four Lightning that were surrounding him jumped into the pile immediately. There was no context of what p- point of the game it's at. Are they going to go on the penalty kill? Their star goalie took a hit. Everybody jumped in. That's my standard. And when it's can when it's Connor McDavid, more guys need to be like that. Like challenge the PK on one of those. I don't get it.
3: Go well, after their um, best fucking players. Yeah, Hubert Well, I mean, I know it was really hard to find Hubert O on the ice that night. Yeah, but i was guessing you're He's definitely doing what they wanted. I got out of Goudreau, didn't he? Like Goudreau would not come to these games. Apparently Hubert doesn't want to come to these (laughs) games either. So awesome. But anyways, if you're closer, you gotta find that guy. You gotta stick him. And you look right at the bench. You look at right at week and go, you know, this is what this is why it's happening.
1: Tyler, Dan, Liam.
2: Yeah, I mean i I just come from the I come from the world where I grew up uh, of the opinion that uh, you know you take a number and later in the game when Mackenzie Weger gets hit by Kyler Yamamoto and it's you know that fourth second after he released the puck the crowd goes crazy because we all remembered what Mackenzie Weger did to McDavid and it doesn't have to be a big thing. My issue, and I I'm sorry that I have to divert here because I missed Tuesday's episode to talk about it, is the game before. Euler fans were losing our collective minds on social media about McDavid getting hauled down on a on his partial break there on the power play, where he was definitely looking for a call. And so when when we do that, and when we decide that we're going to lose it about a little ticky tacky plays like that, then when you come to a play like this with Uyghur, our voice is lessened because somehow lessened because we're freaking out about every little thing that happens to McDavid. And that's kind of the point that I have. Coming back to, if the players are the ones that respond, then the fans don't have to be the ones that look like we're a bunch of buffoons yelling and screaming about every little thing that happens to McDavid. If the players are the ones that determine that every little thing that happens to McDavid is not okay, then you're better off. And that's what this team needs. And so, yeah, I would love to see Warren Fogle just take a stupid penalty where then you go back to the bench and you say... Vogel saw our guy, our best guy get hit and get greased and he decided to take a penalty. Let's go kill that one for him. And then maybe you can start to rally this penalty kill into something that can resemble something of responsibility.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it should just be a reaction thing. I don't think it should matter where you're at in the game. Like I just kind of watched the highlight. Then as we were talking Like Hyman was kind of looking right at it. Like, You got to get in there. You got to do something. Like, and we've, it's weird because, like, Rick, you mentioned uh, the Edler hit, like, Fogel set, set Holloway up for that suicide pass against Buffalo and they jumped in then. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what does it take for you to just do it on a consistent basis? And we're not asking them to just every man on the ice again, a fight every night, right? Like, you just got to pick your, pick your spots and if you take a penalty on that they say on the broadcast all the time that's one that like the penalty kill is going to want to kill off like guys are probably going to jump in front of a couple more extra parks if like they know what you just did right or like whatever it is like it's just they've got to play it's a, it's a team game and we like we kind of laughed a little bit earlier in the season about like the others need team toughness when they were going after Reeves and stuff and I don't necessarily think Reeves was the answer but like this team's got to buck up a little bit and even when we saw the the Marcus lining thing against Nashville—like you can't go around doing that kind of stuff and then not fight—and I just feel like the Oilers have a really weird reputation of not wanting to to like drop the gloves, I guess, or like getting get stuck in a little bit. And it's weird for a team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year and like a tough series against LA, and then like a tough series against Calgary, and then not to like show up again. Like just they're just weirdly inconsistent with it.
1: Tyler.
0: Yeah, I I like that point. Weirdly inconsistent with it because Hyman's a guy who showed earlier in the year he's willing to kind of go after someone if they mm-hmm. go out, if they if a teammate gets their bell rung. And again, I, I don't even think it should be like, oh, we don't know who on the ice saw it. Like if I'm turn around and I see Connor McDavid on the ice, I'm kind of immediately going like who did that? Who am I going to grab? Because I, I think you need to have that element of it. And I'm not someone who's, you know, a super old school hockey guy. Like I don't, miss the days of brawls and two fights a game like i just don't but that's one of those things where or th- that was one of those moments where i think there is some substance to it like you need to go make sure guys are aware hey if you touch 97 you're gonna pay for it and like they dropped the ball by not doing that and now we have to have all these conversations or we have people like on spit and Chicklets being like this is why Connor mcdavid's never gonna re-sign in edmonton and it's like that's such a nauseating conversation for us to have to have again. But at the same time, you can understand why, because if you watch that play, you see no one go after Weger and McDavid's just laying on the ice. It's kind of like, okay, well, why, why wasn't anyone mm-hmm. going after him? Do they kind of just sit there and go, yeah, whatever. I don't know. It, it was an annoying moment and it shouldn't have happened. And now we're having conversations that we shouldn't have to have if the team just did what they're supposed to do.
1: And that's it for me too, It's just, I I risk taking a penalty in that situation every single time. If it means you told
3: the boys on the bench not to do anything,
4: then that's wrong of him to do. Like, I'm sorry, but like,
2: I think it is wrong. wrong. Yeah. But but because if he he tells them not to do it, it does. They don't have to stop doing it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So Rick, I guess the reason I think is wrong.
3: I'm just saying this is, this is more of like the devil's advocate or whatever, right? Like, Hey boys, like, whatever, I'm good, like, this game, we need to win this game, don't fuck around, let's just go win this game, we'll beat them that way.
4: Sure. I don't but, know if
3: he said that, I, yeah. I don't know Yeah, your name, but it like, could have been something he said, like, we need to you more than anything else, let's go get the fucking win.
4: I just think, I mean, I don't know, obviously we don't know if that happened, but, like, you can't allow people just to take out knees. And, like, I'm not saying we going out well, trying agree. to, like, clean him just out or anything or like that, us. but, like, sometimes it just happens, but... You can't just act like it didn't occur on the ice because next thing you know, what if the next one just blows his knee out and he's done for the year? Like stuff. The whole entire league,
3: the whole league, uh, acts like it didn't happen on the ice.
4: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I just can't be happening. They always got to do something about it. They got to address it within the moment or sometime within that game, like you said before, mm-hmm. too. Like someone comes off the ice and you check it out, then whatever. But it needs to be dealt with and not spoke about by us on a podcast saying what they should have done.
1: I actually think I think it was embarrassing. That's yeah. your captain. That's your best player. He's the best player in the league, and you can't even like—not even a push. You need to go put yourself in front of it for him, for sure. This team needs a- to go
3: get a, This team needs to go get a fucking a big guy. I'm sorry. I know fucking Twitter's going to blow up. You know they're going to strongly disagree, but this team has. They have enough forwards to play enough minutes that you can hide a player like that on the on the fourth line.
2: Why? Why do they have to go out and get a guy and not just have a coach or a person in that locker room that stands what up? How's the says, coach going to do? That stands up and says exactly what we're saying. That was fucking embarrassing to watch. You guys not respond for your You captain. don't think Dave next would time would that shit happens, like that? I want you to respond. You don't think Dave Matt's would, would say something like that? Know. We don't. I don't, I don't know. know. Like that's, but that's like, like I don't know. But I hope Why,
3: that remembering remembering his is. career, I would say that guy was. Thropping at the mouth, wishing he had skates on at that point.
1: Like that was just one of those ones where, and of course we miss Evander Kane for what he is. But that was one of those ones where I really missed Evander Kane because there is no way Weger would have got off the ice without something happening to him if Kane was on the ice. Yeah. Anyway,
3: again, I'd so like to give you. So you go find someone who's willing to do something like that, and if somebody loses ice time because of it, they lose ice time because of it. You should, have, you should have went out there and done it. You would have kept your ice time. We wouldn't have to bring this guy in here.
4: I kind of agree. You know, like, like I's not somewhat, I'm not saying we like play 11 and some...
3: seven <laughs> yeah. We play 11-7 sometimes. We play 11-4 sometimes. And even mm-hmm. then, our two forwards get like five minutes. I yeah. promise I mean, you, there's some guys out there with some my... messed up knuckles who could play five, five, four or five minutes.
2: I think so a send-up go or a call-down or whatever. <laughs> Call-up, send-down might have the exact same effect.
3: No, we don't have one in the in the organization. You don't who's think one that guy there's... from who's one guy in Bakersfield is going to come up here and do something?
2: Brad Malone. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not, not going to do a damn thing. <laughs> yes, he is. He comes no, up here. He does not. it all the time. He throws his body around. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He does. He does everything that you could no, ask of uh, that he's body He's never going to do that. That's size.
3: not in his. That's not in his DNA. He's, that's not
0: who he, he is. is. He's not the answer to this question.
2: No, but so, I think. But I, I think I'm... in the meantime, he is though. Because no. because he's the kind of guy that comes in and he just gets it and he's gonna step in and defend it. I'm not saying that Brad Malone he's is the answer. He's never done it yet. Give an example. Have you seen it happen yet?
3: What's that? Have you seen Brad Malone take a fighting major standing up for somebody yet?
2: Have I seen Brad Malone get the opportunity? No, I haven't seen him have the opportunity. Brad, Brad Malone like
3: was Brad Malone in the game versus the uh, against Edler? I don't know. <laughs> but, but you know just the thing saying? is, like, there's, just saying, there's times out there. Brad Malone's been out there. If he, if you if he wanted to stand up by dropping the gloves, he could have done it. I just think,
2: I just think your message is right. I think you could send that to the line mates that were on the ice with McDavid at the time. The message could be sent to them. Like, you know what guys, you don't want to, you don't want to respond like that. Then you don't play with McDavid next time.
1: I'm but looking nobody at nobody
2: responded. So now what?
1: Yeah. I'm looking nobody at hockeyfights.com right now. And the Oilers are ranked second last. In terms of fights this year, and that Pouliourv one that I see them getting credit for, I don't. I don't think I count
2: that. Hey, hey, I, I get at yelled at one. about this all the time. Let the record state <laughs> that I have every fight logged that the NHL has determined to fight. Yes, he did. He did throw punches, and he the gloves did get five were minutes. Locked. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a five minutes. I can confirm. I'm thinking of it now. That was the one where they fell, right? Yeah, yeah. Fell, like right this after. The em- fight. Yeah.
1: Emotionally, I don't count that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it happened. What, is, real what do the ratings say though? Does it say uh, it's like a, a one or a two? Oh, it can't mm. even be a one.
1: Uh, it's yeah, it's not very highly rated. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like his first fight in the AHL. Man, he fought like a like an AHL tough guy. And I just. Uh,
2: I would he love to have long the people, ass
3: arms that I hold on for dear life, but that wasn't his style.
2: <laughs> you're absolutely bag milk. That's not a complaint that you're alone in having, but I would love to have the people like message the NHL and be like, I don't know, Jesse, that's oh, goal of his. It kind of sucked. So I don't know if we should count that goal.
1: Well, I'm just saying like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, give yeah, me credit for the 100%. fight. All you want, But like,
2: there's, there's so many fights these days where it's like, wow. If you put that up against what happened in the 2000s on our website, it would be a joke. (laughs) But like, they're just different.
1: Going back to my point, where Vasilevsky was the standard in this situation, I also got arguments after I wrote my article on Wednesday, being like, the best teams don't have fights on that. That just doesn't happen. Well, I'm looking at one of the teams tied, the Minnesota Wild, 15 fights this year. Pretty good hockey team. Hold Tampa on, Bay.
3: hold on. They have look at their roster, though. That's they yes. have some. They have. Are they still a good hockey team, them. or are they not? Hundred percent. I'm just saying they have some fighters on that team. Thirteen Plus
1: fights. Their
2: That's impressive.
1: Boston. How many Bruins, outside 12. like Terry Perry and Maroon Dallas? I was Stars, just going to say eleven.
2: It's actually surprising, uh Rick. It's actually surprising. There's like there's probably like five or six Maroon fights in there, if memory yeah. serves correct. And then Perry is, I think, caused two or three this year. But the yeah. rest would be spread yeah. out. Probably. My oh, point see. here is
1: that they're they've got guys willing to go. 100 percent The Boston Bruins are the are they not the best team in the National Hockey League? Yes. They've got twelve scraps this year.
2: At home. Are they all at home? Oh, I, it, like I wouldn't say their fights are all at home. Their wins are mostly. That'd be, a, that would
3: be oh. impressive because aren't they like undefeated at home? Yeah. I, was,
2: I, should, look that that at, I should look I think that up. That would
3: upset, upset a lot of people. I'm gonna add that to my right list for some shit. <laughs>
4: But bag yeah. milk, I agree, like, it's, you know, supposedly hockey's got away from that kind of stuff, and, like, in ways, yes, it has, but in other ways, like, it hasn't. Like, Tampa Bay have been to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row, because most of it, like, not. I'm not saying this is their obvious reason, like, they're obviously a really good hockey team, but, like, they stand up for each other they and play not for like each other, willing to take shit from other teams. The Bruins have been a great team for for a, a, what ten years now, like a consistent good n h l team and like there's ways to do it, and I'm not saying like skill isn't going to get you all the way, but like Last year, the Oilers got swept in the Western Conference final, just stuff like pure skill, right? Like, that's all they, and I know Colorado did too, I guess, but like, there's, you still need that toughness in your team. I'm looking up and down the team, this Nima Linen was supposed to be that guy in the first opportunity he got, he told.
3: No, I'm, I'm, he's supposed I'm, to be a guy who hits. He wasn't necessarily a guy who's going to drop him. There's a big, but isn't difference
4: that, between those isn't two that
3: things. team toughness though, too? 100%, it, but it yeah? doesn't mean he has to fight. But I will say no, this, though, a lot that. of times it takes, it takes a leader. This team didn't have a lot of swagger till Evander Kane got here last year. He stepped on the ice, and all of a sudden, everybody else played a little bit larger, a little bit stronger. Just because yeah. they knew that, you know, you'd follow that man in. We don't really have that leader on this roster, that, that attitude, that swagger type of guy until Evander comes back. And we talked about this earlier this year. I do believe that's why you see a lot of... Uh, passive type of games out there where we don't seem to be the ones out there trying to, you know, decide how the, uh, how the emotions are going to go out there. We kind of sit back and, and react. We need some guys who are going to go out there and take the game by the throat. And there's not, we don't have a lot of guys on this roster going to do that.
1: And I'm not obviously talking about Connor it
3: and Leon, but they do it. They can just do this, do a drop of a hat, grab the puck, right? Somebody, you know, he's some blue collar guys that got to get out there and, and do it that way.
1: And before you hit us up, I'm not talking about bringing in a goon that like the Steve McIntyre days that he can't play.
3: That'd be nice though, wouldn't
1: it? (laughs) What I am saying is like, I don't understand how the best player on earth takes a knee like that and nobody does a thing about it. That Mm -hmm. bums me up.
4: My my final point on this, and this one hurts me the most, but you're not telling me that somebody couldn't just play the same minutes of what Devin scored us and do a better job of adding that element, right? Like, it's the same <laughs> yep. difference. Yeah, he's difference. not
0: playing right now, but, like, even the idea yeah. of, like, okay, how much value is Dylan Holloway bringing you on the fourth line? Like, this is a different conversation, but, like, play with that guy with skill or let him go develop in the American League playing 20 minutes a game because Holloway for four or five minutes at five on five, that's not doing a ton. Go get a guy who's just a bowling ball who's going to go out there and like recap and Holloway four are Like I like his game and if he mm. was 32 years old, I'd be like, hell yeah, that's a really good fourth liner. But the goal for Dylan Holloway should not be really good fourth liner right now. Like let's get someone who's more properly suited for that spot.
1: 100%. Now let's move on. Everybody had their say? We good? Yeah. Excellent. Bring let's in Max about- Domi. I'm good now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bring in Ty.
2: Let's yeah, try, try Domi as well. Guessed.
1: Uh, let's get to tonight's game against Seattle. Do you know, off the top of your head, and if you said this on Oilers Nation every day, I don't want to hear from you. When the last game against the Seattle Kraken was for the Edmonton Oilers?
4: For us? Yep. Hmm. I actually said I couldn't remember ever playing them. So yeah, I, no I don't. I think this might is. be the first
0: ever meeting between the two.
2: Yeah, this is, is What? This is December. the first meeting this year ever. I would have assumed it was like this January. calendar year. Said
1: December. Really? <laughs> no way. It has been 377 <laughs> days since the Oilers last played the Seattle Kraken. The last game they played was December 18th of last of 2021. How many wow. times did you play them last year? Three.
3: three. So we did the same thing, gave them three games before, you know, and then just three games them out before New Year's didn't see Thanks, any-
1: schedule makers. I, it's just like the schedule is so odd to me. Like, how do you have a divisional? <laughs> opponent that you haven't seen in more than a calendar year it doesn't it's it's wild to me and i guess there's i know there's a lot of math and algorithms and nerd shit that goes into making a schedule like this i get that but it just seems it seems so weird to me yeah 377 days so looking at the kraken right now they're starting to come back down to earth a little bit and I wonder if that's an opportunity for the Oilers to get ahead of them. They are tied at 40 points coming into tonight's game, though the Kraken have three games in hand. It'd be really nice to see the Oilers kind of chip away at that a little bit at three, six, and one in their last 10 games. I think the Kraken are, I mean, I think they're, I think they're, I think this is a winnable game.
0: Of course it is. Tyler? Oh. Yeah, man. I mean, like Seattle is really coming back down to earth a little bit. I laid out a few things today on the live show. Like they're the only team in the NHL whose five on five shooting percentage is above 10%. They've been getting largely they've been getting lucky for stretches of this season. And
1: they've got a lot of depth scoring, actually.
0: And they have been getting a lot of depth scoring as well. And that's a credit to their roster. Sure. But I just I I think this is a team that especially considering how their goaltendings look this season, both their guys under 900 save percentages. I think this is a team that might start to slip. And if you're the Oilers, you need to beat. you play them three times in the next three weeks. Make sure they stay in this cold slump. Don't give them any sort of a momentum building opportunity tonight. Absolutely bury them. And you know what? If you win these next three games, maybe Seattle goes on a slide. Maybe they decide to be sellers. Maybe in these next three games where you play them three times over the next <laughs> three weeks, can it help get Carson Susie <laughs> in it. <editing? laughs> <laughs>
1: So this is what stuck out to me. I was writing the GDB today for oethersnation.com. It's up. Go read it. There's your little game day preview. I was looking at the Kraken stats page, and this is what really kind of blew my mind. And it kind of lends to Tyler's, uh what he said about the shooting percentage. At five on five, the Kraken are shooting at 10.26%. The Oilers on the flip side are shooting at 7.97%. That's like, in terms of shooting percentage, that's a pretty wide gap there. Mm-hmm. You know? And, but what stuck out to me is... The Kraken have six guys in their lineup with between five and eight goals. The Oilers only have three. Hmm. So, if we're talking about depth scoring, I feel like a big part of tonight's game, if the Oilers are going to win, it's matching the depth scoring that the Kraken have. They get, they have no chance against our top end.
3: That, Do we have that's, rosters yet?
1: Uh, <laughs> Jay not look like yet. <laughs> Jay Woodcroft. Are you through, like, was you're asking about you can't
3: Leon.
0: Find anybody. Yeah. Did you ask
1: about Leon? Yeah, nothing yet.
0: Essentially, yeah. Woodcroft <laughs> wouldn't confirm or deny if Drysdale was even on the plane to Seattle, which I feel like is an admission that he <laughs> wasn't. Like if Drysdale was on the plane, I feel like you'd say, "Hey, yeah, he's with us. He's a game-time decision."
3: Like that's weird, right?
0: Ah, this is this
3: is good as coaching stuff. I like it.
2: He would maybe gonna, would
3: be
1: a real rascal.
3: He's going to come out wearing a different jersey and and warm up with a right-handed <laughs> stick.
1: Yeah, he's he's it's dressed up as Devin Shore. Oh, that'd be nice with the glasses and the nose and the mustache. Oh, yes. Who is it? I don't know. Tyson Berry also (laughs) didn't uh, practice yesterday. I don't know if those guys are playing. I'm just cruising Twitter. It doesn't say anything yet.
3: I'd assume, well, not Sportsnet. Like Sportsnet used Tyson Berry in their picture to uh, advertise tonight's game. So I'd assume he's playing, but.
1: They had that
4: graphic book weeks ago.
3: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Those are scheduled tweets. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So looking ahead at tonight's game against Seattle, this is the first time, again, they've played in 377 days. No idea what to expect from this matchup. Tyler, when you guys broke it down on Others nation every day, what was like kind of, what are the keys to winning on this one?
0: For me, it's going to be get dangerous scoring chances. Again, Seattle's in the bottom third of the NHL when it comes to five on five save percentage. If you get to dangerous areas here and you get eight to 12 really good scoring chances, you're going to score four, five, six goals, in my opinion. So just get a lot of dangerous looks. That's going to be my big, big key to game.
1: I'm jumping in next because I'm selfish. For me, the Kraken are horrible on the PK. We saw this a week ago, seven days ago against Vancouver. Vancouver was awful against the PK. You need, or on the PK, I should say, you need to capitalize on these chances. These are still NHL players. There are no gimmies. So don't act like it's a gimme. If you got power play chances, convert on them. Dan?
2: I would just like to see this team continue to shoot more. Uh, I didn't like 22 shots against Calgary. I'd like Great. to see more rubber on the net. So uh, for me, it's just shooting the puck more offensively. And uh, I'm I'm totally okay with the defensive team effort that they had against Calgary, as you guys pointed out, uh, kept it to the perimeter. So yeah, for me, it's fire at the net and let's score more goals than Seattle Kraken can.
3: Rick, what you got? We need to take care of our own end. This has been an issue all season long. I don't know. Like, take care of your own end. Their end, that offensive end will take care of itself. We need to focus on our own end. Like, I, I get the shots and the goals and the scoring chances, all that shit. But if we do that and they stop us and we get scored on because we're giving up grade eight chances the other way, it doesn't mean shit. Take care of your own fucking end. All five guys. Play as a goddamn team down there and let's go from there.
1: Liam? Uh,
4: yeah. Mine is don't rely on a strong goaltending performance to win you the hockey game. Yep. Just try and be offensively dominant and dictate what's going to go on, and that'll help yourself in your defensive zone too. If you can like maintain most of the puck possession and like kind of take control of the game, then that's probably what is to say. And I always forget it. Offense is the best defense. Let's mm-hmm. just do that. Let's do that one.
1: I'll also just I add wish it was the case for us. I'll just, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Like even just one, another thing that was just kind of interesting to me about this matchup against the Kraken is they've allowed 16 fewer goals against than the Oilers have. And it's not like they are, which is tied with Vegas for first in the division, by the way. Um, But that's going to be tricky. You got to navigate it. They're clearly doing a better job than we are defensively. So on the flip side of the puck, you can't give them extra opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise had. I guess I haven't said it in a while. Respect the blue lines. Three feet on either side of it, respect the blue lines. They got a thick blue
4: line, too, especially on the left. I think it's the left side. What is it? Mm, Larson. How many C's? Larson's on the right. (laughs) Okay, they got a thick blue line with four C's. Larson. (laughs) Jamie Alexiak is a thick boy. And what's the other guy? What's your favorite player in the league called Tyler. Susie, Susie, Uh, Susie. yeah,
3: Raquel, 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 Ricard, Raquel, but that was that was another another time.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that moment and Jolt, (laughs) and Jolt's back.
1: Shout out to Jolt. They got some thick boys. Uh, Real quick, score prediction before we move on to uh, what do we got? Ask the idiots coming up. Tyler,
0: score prediction. I'll say five three Oilers. Hit the over.
1: Nation Dan,
2: score prediction. Eight, three Oilers. Woo. <laughs> Liam.
4: Five, three Oilers. Power play goal and empty net.
3: <laughs>
2: For <Rick>. the Kraken.
3: <laughs> Five, two Edmonton.
1: I'm going to say four, two Edmonton, but the second one, the puck line comes on an empty netter. Puck line comes on the empty netter. Ooh. So power play goal? Of course. Uh,
4: of course. Ah, uh, yes. Oh,
3: power play and empty net? Yes. I it's actually, always juicy. Well, so the here's the last time we had a power play in an empty net. What happened? I we don't know. Scored on. We got scored oh. on.
1: <laughs> Either way, it still hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And over one and a half power play goals I've missed it the last two games. I feel like we're getting on track again, baby. The odds are better. Oh, for our friends at Betway, if you're uh legal gambling age, you're legal betting age. One and a half power play goals. If you take the overs at minus one oh five today, I like that bet.
4: I, I really actually like I have a couple of trends. From the last, from Oilers Seattle Kraken history, which I'm not sure has happened, but the Overs in all three matchups. And the Oilers, knock on wood, have never allowed a penalty kill goal against Seattle or a power play goal, whatever it is. They've gone eight and eight against the Seattle Kraken on the PK.
1: Tyler has gotten tired of this podcast, so he's just got up and left. left. Yeah, you've uh, heard. He was saying on Wednesday, and I wish I could remember, we're doing better late than never, but the Oilers PK is actually over 80% over the last X number of games. And I just don't remember what X is. So they've gotten better. It's just the yeah. start of the year was abysmal. And that that percentage is still staying low as a result. It was yeah, actually I don't think funny, you look at that so.
3: percentage over the whole season. You got to look at it like no. per game now.
1: Yeah, you got to look it, at the segments. I was looking. I saw I was making the graphics
4: for Oilers Nation every day. And the PK... Got better. I think it's at like 72.5 now or something, but dropped two spots in the league rankings in one game. Hmm. So even when they do better, they do worse.
1: Yeah,
4: 72.5. Just the season it is.
1: Which is amazing because at dead last, Seattle 69, point nice, two, or second last, I right. should say. And who's last? Vancouver
4: still. Oh, and St. Louis was, la- isn't
1: St. Louis? 30? They're down in the bottom as well. So yep. we've played
4: <laughs> with three of the worst teams in a league recently on the PK. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember. Did we get a power play goal against Vancouver? Did not. I tried to block that one out. Yeah, yep, did not. It was not good. Dish,
2: just to further my point about shots, I was looking I was trying to find the statistic because I was looking at it before the show. Uh the the Kraken have lost the last six games where they were outshot by the other team, and they were outshot by more than 30 shots. So there you go. Outshot by more than 30? 30. Well, they no, they sorry, the other team got, got more, than more than 30. Okay.
1: If they got outshot by more than 30, they would just get
2: the game the game <laughs> against the Canadians, they got they got shot on 16 times and they lost four to two. But wow, they keep getting outshot and they lose. So shoot the puck. Might be one who of do those. You guys,
3: who do you guys think stops?
2: Doesn't Skinner. matter. We're going to beat them both. It does not matter. Know. Who for us? I think
1: it's well, Skinner yeah, because uh, Skinner's, divisional, ma- one. Skinner's oh, gotta yeah, divisional matchup. You got to win these divisional games. If you, get, you can get a four point swing tonight, I, I stretch too. Especially okay. like, the way he played against that Calgary, side. 979. Yeah. Ridiculous.
4: I, I agree. I initially thought it was Skinner, and then I kind of got talked into thinking it was Campbell by myself because they're just. <laughs> How not did that conversation starting. go?
3: <laughs> it was just
4: me in my head, just cha cha cha, and then. <laughs> you were trying to find
2: up. a start for Campbell.
4: They're just not starting Campbell at
1: home. Two months now really since gonna... his last start at home.
3: Like he's this... got to pick it up. He's got to find it himself. The team can't get, can't give him anything anymore. This we need to win every every goddamn game. We yep. place up the best team that can give its chance to win. If that's Skinner, then that's Skinner.
4: But Skinner's last two divisional starts, uh, sorry, besides Calgary, was a, a loss to Vancouver and then a loss to Anaheim. So it's not like I'm not criticizing Skinner. He's obviously been unreal for this team, and he was the other day too, but like, he's not exactly been lights out as well against divisional opponents. So maybe...
3: We just got to got to look at those goals though and see how many guys we're yep, allowing to get great sure. chances.
4: For sure. And the Anaheim game, I think it wasn't on him by any means, but maybe maybe Campbell gets the game tonight and then Skinner gets it tomorrow. I kind of feel like that's the way it might go. Like Because the last, I can't remember which game it was, but I'm I'm sure it was a Campbell start where Woodcroft was just not revealing what his lineup was. And then all of a sudden, Jack Campbell's in the crease to start the game. And that's kind of how it started. It, It feels like it's trending a little bit like that where there's no media attention around who's getting the start. You're not at home. We don't even know if dry saddles, what countries, and it could be anywhere. Yeah, it could and, be anywhere, anywhere Yeah, and it just feels very mysterious. So I got a, I got a feeling that Campbell is getting to start tonight. I would start Skinner, but I think it'll be Campbell.
3: Does it feel that out. way, or are you just telling yourself it feels that way? Yeah, what does
4: your other side of your brain say? <laughs> this side says Skinner. <laughs> this side says Campbell. I'm just stuck in a little, <laughs> little
1: Liam sandwich. As you were talking, I just did another sweep of the local media that would be traveling with the team, and still nothing. Nothing. Still nothing. It's See? one thirty p.m. Pacific, so they definitely would have had their morning skate by now, would they not? They,
3: yeah, they skated at eleven forty. Um, it was twelve forty hour time, I believe.
1: Maybe Tyler knows
0: now. What's that he's up? back. I'm back. Who's oh, he's starting
1: fine. tonight. Tyler did the guy at the door know who was starting for the Oilers today?
0: No, he did not happen to know who was uh, starting <laughs> for the Oilers tonight, but. If my internet hasn't been good, he did offer me an upgrade. So we got that going for us. That's
4: big.
1: And I'm looking at, it seems like Woody's just being a rascal. He's not giving any details.
4: I'm telling you, this is trending towards a Campbell start.
1: Tyler, what would you do? We were just talking about, I personally would start, it's a divisional game, four point swing, potentially. Um, I start Skinner based on the game against Calgary.
0: Ah, it's so hard to not start Skinner after that game. And I totally understand your point. I wonder if they won't be again. They It feels like they're nervous to start Campbell at home. So that makes me think they're going to go Campbell tonight, Skinner tomorrow. I don't hate the line of thinking of your team should be rested and ready to go tonight. A lot less pressure on the road for Campbell, but your team's rested, ready to go tonight. You have a better chance of outscoring your problems if you have any with Campbell tonight against Philip Grubauer than you do tomorrow night, second of back-to-backs against Connor Hellebuck. So I would go Campbell tonight.
1: For our friends at Tourism Jasper, we're going to get into Ask the Idiots. i got a handful of questions that came in from you, fine folks, over the last couple of days. The boys haven't seen these, but first, got to tell you about what's going on in Jasper. If you go to jasper.travel, there you will see half price lift tickets to Marmot Basin are available with the escape card. The best deal in the Canadian Rockies is back for 2022-23. Save 50% off regular price. Senior adult, student, and youth tickets every day, all season with no blackout dates and up to fifteen or 50%, that's five off lift tickets at partner ski areas and 30% off accommodations in Jasper. I also want to tell you, the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament is back January 27th to 29th. We'll be on out there. Join us, not Team Oilers Nation. Join us in Jasper because we're full up. We got a full roster and we're going to win. Last year, we came third. This year, I'm feeling pretty good. I went for a skate the other day, Tyler. Got my legs under me a little bit.
0: I got. I bought new skates the other day. That's how fired up I am for this bad boy. There you go. Are you wearing them right now? Yep. I just walk around the house in them. No skate guards yeah. either. No skate guards. I like that. Yeah, I just style. fuck it. That's, co- just that's commitment. Blade on, blade on floor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: do yourself a favor and do a little Google search for the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament that's going up at the JPL on the last weekend of January. Join us. It was amazing last year, and I only can imagine that it will be even better this time around once they got, and they've got all kinds of things going on. I promise you, you're going to have a great time. Uh, Let's burn through these really quickly. Ask the idiots. This one comes in from Blue Bunny, Tyler. Blue Bunny would like to know, should the Oilers try and trade for Lafreniere? And who would you give up? If so, he was a healthy scratch in New York the other day. And if people are so dead set on giving up Bison King Plus, what's going out to make this happen?
0: This is an interesting one because the Rangers clearly have a player who's struggling to meet expectations, right? But at the same time, I'm kind of like, they're in win now mode. So they're not just going to take like two second round picks for Alexi Lafreniere. I think it'll take more than that to pry him out of there. He's coming up on the end of his ELC. So he's due for a bit of a payment probably to some extent this coming summer. He's got no arborites. I don't know. Like, I don't think they would want Puliarvi just because he's a $3 million cap it and he probably doesn't help them immediately. So. I think it might take a little bit more than that. Like, I think they're going to use Lafreniere to go get like Patrick Kane at the deadline. I don't think they're interested in like swapping him for another problem.
1: Nation Dan, Alexi Lafreniere from the New York Rangers? Question mark.
2: Oh, it's pretty crazy that uh, the guy that was the next one uh, is now one that we're looking at as a transaction and a you know a reclamation project, perhaps. Isn't I his third agree. year. What
1: year is he in anyway? Third year.
2: Uh, yeah, three. Is it three? There you go. Um, So he's up for contract at the end of this year. Yeah. Wham. Uh, Yeah, crazy, crazy to see. I think it's one of those things that if you ask the casual hockey fan where they thought Lafreniere would be right now, I, th- I assume most people would assume he's at the top echelon of the league, but uh, he just never seems to have been able to put it together. And I see a lot of hubbub out of Ranger fans that are quite upset with Gerard Gallant over this uh, and believe mm-hmm. he is part of the problem, uh, which seems to be something that happens to Gerard Gallant mm-hmm. after a couple of years when he's with an organization, the fan base, kind of turns on him. So uh, yeah, anyways, just, uh, just fascinating to watch from, from afar uh, as a team that's had a couple of busts to see Lafreniere, maybe turn into another bust.
1: Liam, you going fishing for Lafreniere? I, I mean, yeah,
4: sure. We could go fishing for him. I just don't think the Rangers would, would grab onto the hook. Like Tyler said, I think the Rangers are going to want to move in for something bigger. And the others don't have anything that they would truly want to move. That's too big for, Lafreniere and yeah, they're probably just going to want to go get like a a Kane or a Taves or whoever it is. The Rangers make these big moves all the time and they're not going to be afraid to move Lafreniere. So, yes, you should look at him. No, the Rangers won't move into him to to us. Rick?
3: No, no. The last thing we need is another player like that. (laughs) He has 17 points this year. Cool. Is he going to jump over the boards and take out Uyghur when he goes to do something (laughs) to to Connor? Is he going to go stand in front of the net? If I, said, I said this yeah. in the very beginning, that if we won that, that lottery, <laughs> I would have traded it back. I wasn't even going to take that player. We don't need another type of offensive, small bodied, not physical type of player. We don't but, need that.
0: Okay, But I think there might be something to be said about bringing him in here and putting him with some really skilled players. And Who? just because you but just because you go. Where are
3: you going to play him? Where are you going to play him? Holy shit, you think he can be worse in the top six than Pouliarve? No, but it like but you're adding so you're gonna put him in the top six, right? Like that's just yep. where you're gonna put him. Well yep. then swap out for 13, no problem. All I'm saying is that does not change our lineup all that well. Yes, you get a little more you get a little more um offense out of him than you do it out of Pouliarve, but it doesn't change your dynamic at all.
0: But just because you go get Lafreniere doesn't mean you also don't do more. Like it's not like you can only get him and then you're screwed. If you get him and it's a mover like maybe you trade Pulliarve somewhere else. And then you bring in Lafreniere, put him in that spot, pay the Rangers whatever they want, sure. And then you also have some extra money. Maybe you can go get a tough bottom six guy as well. Like, I just, it wouldn't be their only move.
3: No, gosh, no. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's many other players out there that should be at the top of the list before they even look at Lafreniere. They're just, he just does not bring the dynamic that we need. When you look at, like, he would have got, how would, how well would he handle the LA series? That was a rough tumble series.
2: I mean, he's, he's not going I, to really help all that much. I don't know. He was there. he was in the East and and went. Didn't they go to the finals? Yeah, Conference finals, yeah. finals. So I mean, I don't know. Like it,
3: dude. If you think that the Oilers need another smaller think, offensive, then we're crazy.
2: Do I think replacing like, Jesse Pugliarvi with Alexis Lafreniere right this moment would be a bad thing? No. That's that's the question being asked, but. I understand what you're saying. We like, don't just... have
3: that many bullets in the chamber here. We don't have a but, lot of oper- a lot of trades we can make this year.
2: But in a in a in a vacuum, without having to worry about the rest of the lineup, you have to admit that that that, that transaction would make this team better.
3: if you're you're gonna get like Minnesota almost comes up and beats us up right now, like adding another smaller guy like that. Dude, when you played ice hockey, did you play a three skinny Gretzky's? No. Why? Because he got knocked all over the ice and took him an I hour and a half to it. get up.
0: So, but Rick, a guy who had the skill to go first overall and who's, who's shown flashes of high-end skill, are you not at least a little bit intrigued to see if like him and McDavid would have some kind of magic? Because I am.
3: I would 100%, be 100%, but I just don't think that that's ultimately what we need to make this team as no. good as it can be. Again, what we need is that we need a guy who's going to play in those exact same minutes, who's going to be able to play rugged, Gonna play hard nosed playoff playoff hockey, and we don't have that right now. And Here's, until we get that, we can get pushed around by a lot of teams.
1: My answer is if if it's we're swapping guy for guy, Pouillard for Lafreniere, I do it all day. The Rangers aren't going to do it. You'd have to throw in all kinds of picks and stuff. Yeah. I would also take the two million dollars in savings that that would that would give yeah. you because then you can go out and get you know you can get a reasonable bottom six player or a defenseman for two million bucks. Or maybe like the Rangers
2: have a bottom six. Player that they would like to just add into the deal and make the money. don't want to add another bottom six. We need to add, if we're going to add a top six
3: player, we need a guy who has some size on him. But we can go to the fruck in front of the net.
2: I would rather take a
1: guy who can score.
2: I'm okay. Yeah. I Like, I, we're just, we just differ
1: there, Rick, and that's, that's fine. I, I don't disagree that the others don't need like some. I don't know, grit. Like, we just <laughs> did, a, we just did 15 minutes about how annoying it was <laughs> and nobody stuck <laughs> up from Con McDavid. Of yes. course <laughs> I want them to get something with a little bit of grit. Yes. Maybe so you have
3: one, if you have one trade. <laughs> Uh, piece out there and but, it's Puliarvi. Maybe, maybe it's the talent or the money or the whatever you need to spend that on someone who can go out there and play that type of hockey that you want to come. up then who's
2: replacing Jesse Puliarvi like, in the top the reality, six the talent the
1: reality the is, is the player you're, is,
2: not, you're just going to get or shit I have actually no
3: issues with him playing right there based on what we have right now
1: I don't think you're based on what we have right Poole now
3: Arvey. yes he doesn't bring a lot of offense right now but he doesn't bring a lot of negatives either is he missing he did, is he missing is he missing um his check in the defensive zone that's causing goals? Not really. Is he he, actually, these, <laughs> is he missing some of these these terrible flutter passes out there that we call breakout passes? Nope.
4: He's kind of been robbed. Like he got robbed in Calgary, and then didn't didn't he get robbed against Vancouver too? Like he yeah. could be on like a little bit of a streak now. Like and are, he had yeah, two
2: better. points before that too. Well, and do, yeah. and to his credit too, those are shots that earlier in the year he was shooting at the pads on the ice. Yeah, and those are getting up now, and the goalies are just there to respond. Make
1: yeah, just making yeah, good saves. Like the one on Markstrom, I saw people ripping him on Twitter for some reason. I'm just like, no. at what point do you just tip your cap to the goalie for making a hell of a save? You know, yeah. right. Anyway, let's move on. Yep. Uh, Dan, I'm going to start with you because you're the only one that de- only one of us that deals with children. Uh, if you could have any oiler not named Connor McDavid appear at your kid's birthday party, who would it be and why? If you don't have kids for the rest of you, who's just going to be the most fun on your night out? Dan?
2: Oh, I I think <laughs> just based purely on his... his uh his like just his demeanor on the ice I think he bring Jesse Poirvy because he bring he probably brings Jaffa with him we saw Jaffa in the uh, in the relay there and the kids and Jesse probably just have a great time and you don't even notice that uh, that there's another hockey player at the game or at
1: the party I'm <laughs> just being told uh breaking news here that Drysdale did not go on the trip Where so is he, will he? Not play today. He's he is in still in Edmonton. Switzerland. Oh. So just Take that as you will. That is what I've just been told. No dry what,
4: what is the injury with it? Is he just kind of banged up? Is it like a bad injury? Like is something know. happened? It's... Is this why they've been playing together for so long? Yes. So many questions. Yes, Liam. Conspiracy. Like, I don't conspiracy.
1: know. Like there was the only thing I yeah. could think of is when Backlund cross-checked him into the open door against Calgary. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. there was something. That's not, good. Good. That's yeah, not getting no that's,
3: that's not getting enough talk, by the way. That's no, dirty, that's a dirty when knock a guy play. into an open. You knock a guy into an open gate. It's dangerous. Dirty.
1: Again, there goes another dangerous. conversation to somebody jumping over the bench and filling that dude up. But we've moved on. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> Liam, who's going to be the most fun at your birthday party? You got no kids. No kids.
4: Um, best guy. Oh, uh, do you know what? If Leon's around, I'll I'll take him. I feel like he's got some places. He knows where to go. Like I feel like he's got some like low key places where he likes to hang out. So Are I' using know.
3: him to get the VIP
2: lines.
4: Yes, a hundred percent. I respect. My birthday, kids. I can do
1: whatever I want <laughs> with the kids. Rick, with the kids, Rick, who's the most fun to have your birthday?
3: Oh, Uh, you know what? I don't know, man. I think uh, a guy like Clowder is a good guy to have around.
1: A bad pick. pick. <laughs> I'm going to take Yamamoto. He just seems like he'd be a little buzzsaw out there. I'd have a great time with Yamamoto, I think. Fowler? I'm going to pick
0: Nuge because maybe he brings wow. his horse and the kids would love the horse. Wow. Who Nobody whose horse
1: is, children's children's
2: Who's horse, horse is that, they'd say. Whose horse is that? The children's author. No one picked the children's author. <laughs> oh, okay, Zach Hyman no. writes children's books.
1: <laughs> I don't have kids, though, so I don't know how much Zach Hyman wants to party with me.
2: I picked Jesse. I thought somebody for sure was going to grab Zach, but...
1: Question number three, this one, we're going to start with Rick. What is your take on the J.T. Miller incident from last night with the Canucks?
2: People are blowing it up too much.
3: People are way too sensitive. If you saw things that Michael Jordan told his, his teammates, if you saw the way that people <laughs> talk to each other in the 80s and 90s, good Lord, we have a lot of incidents out there nowadays. People are blowing this up.
1: Tyler?
0: I think it speaks to how fucked up their locker room is. Like, I don't think JT Miller's a great teammate. This isn't the first time he's gotten into it with a teammate either. And I get Rick's point too—that like, you know, sometimes it's frustration between two guys. But like, like obviously, Colin Delia knows he needs to go to the bench, JT Miller. But like, the bench will signal him when that time's coming. You're not the coach, so like there was 57 seconds left in the game. JT Miller spent 11 of it yelling at his goalie, <laughs> bro, you need to score. You're losing. Don't worry about the goalie. Worry about your own shit. I don't know. I thought it was, but lame. wouldn't that
3: extra, wouldn't that extra player make it the the breakout and then the, uh, zone entry a little bit easier. Yeah. But like
0: Colin D'Elia knows he needs to go to the bench. Like again, I don't know. I just thought JT Miller was kind of being a bitch.
2: Uh, Not that away, but Yeah. It's pretty hard. I, get, I mean, whenever you get into these situations, you do get the, yeah, like you saw how Michael Jordan used to treat people. We're talking about JT Miller here on the 24th place, <laughs> Vancouver Canucks, And so it's not exactly the same competition level. I hear what you're saying, Rick. And I totally agree. And that's like, to me, that's like a sign of leadership, right? Like, especially if you're in a situation where it's like do or die and like the season's on the line and Miller is passionate and excited. But we're talking about not getting the loser point or getting a loser point. So I don't know. Yeah, like, everyone
3: said the same thing about. Mike Smith last year, and look what the season. Yep. and I hated
2: year. it from Mike Smith too. So I, I'm, I guess I'm the, I'm on the soft side of the camp here. But I, I just, it's, it's like, stay, keep that stuff for the locker room. Keep that stuff off of the cameras and off of the thing where you have to have this debate now afterwards.
1: For me, I just thought, and I don't mind it when teammates yell at each other. I really don't. Like I. You know, I played hockey even at any level. I remember me and my buddies screaming at each other in bantam. Like, that's we just have kinda... screamed at each
2: other at HQ. It's happened.
1: Yeah, it happens. Yeah. So I've got no problem with that part of it at all. The my stick thought... slime
2: on the net was a little excessive, but that's what that's, I mean. Yeah.
1: My thought <laughs> was that it, JT Miller looked like a fucking idiot because yeah, where they were in the game and how much time he wasted doing this, he parked himself behind the net. What are you doing, man? <laughs> you look like a moron.
2: Well, the best part was Delia was actually leaving, was like gone by the time he hit the net. He was just frustrated, I think, at that point.
1: I sent a text message uh, this morning to my Boy, David Quadrelli out in Vancouver. I was just like, what do you think about the JT Miller thing? And he goes, good Lord, this team, it doesn't get any better.
2: <laughs> there you go. That was we've the, we've uh, been there in the decade of darkness, like the stories that just snowball and you get people stomping on foreheads and it just turns into a nightmare.
1: I'll never forget. Cor- forgive Cory Potter for that. Uh, Liam, did you go? Thoughts on JT? I,
4: I didn't. And I actually didn't know what we were talking about until I watched the video of it I just now. <laughs> um, I actually don't mind it. I mean, Vancouver just had a shitty year, right? Like everyone's frustrated. And I don't think it's that bad. I think it's maybe has been. I understand why it's all over social media. It's quite funny to watch, actually. But yeah, I don't think it's like that big of a deal. The stick slam on the top of the net was a bit weird what if you literally snap your stick like what if your stick had broken Then he literally would have wasted even more time you would have looked like more there of was, an idiot uh, you, should, you should google
3: you should year. google keith ballard with the florida panthers oh
2: yeah that's a good There one. Was yeah. a, i did i clipped it for hockey fights this year there was a player a canucks player i think that swung his stick i think it was yeah. actually a canucks player that swung his stick and he forgot that he had a teammate next to him no, no that it was, was, that was
4: Thomas Chabot. Schib- oh, that's right. Yeah, on the bench. This a Canadian
2: team. My bad. Yeah.
4: So I don't think it's that bad. I kinda I'm sure JT Miller was also looking at it being like, this is our third string goalie. He maybe I don't know, there's a protocol yep. they follow or something. Like, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's quite funny.
1: And also just going back to the Thomas Shabbat one, that wasn't the first time that uh Travis Hammond took a shot he didn't want, though, you know? Right? Hey oh, <laughs> Wow, 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 Boom, boom. <laughs> jokes are the best jokes. All right. Uh, <laughs> we've got one last question. We started off with the highlights from 2022. What's a low light for you, Dan?
2: Uh, well, I, I mean, the, the big low light this summer and it's just, it sucks because it happens, but the loss of Ben Stelter was, uh, was a definitely a low point in my year for sure. I got the text from Zach Lang that morning that, uh, that we had heard the rumblings that it may have happened and then it was confirmed. So yeah, for me, the loss of Ben Stelter, of course, it's a positive after that and before it, but the loss of Ben Stelter for me.
1: two thousand percent, uh, Liam. Hmm.
4: I think, um. I kind of have two. One of them is just kind of sucked when it happened. But when like Evander Kane got injured, that was just scary. Uh, And then I guess one almost on like a a funnier note was when Mike Smith allowed that goal from like, what is it? The other end of the ice by, Arguably, I was there. Don't say it. Don't say I uh, yeah,
3: also was there.
4: Anyone besides Matthew chuck like the guy who scored the goal is arguably the worst player to ever play. I hate that guy so much. I don't even know what he does. He just drives me nuts. So the fact it was him that scored it too. So that was two low points for you right there. Rick?
3: Uh, it's, I guess you can look at it as a lower high point, but just that the way that last series ended against Colorado, not being fully mm-hmm. healthy, losing four straight, just losing in general, I guess. Uh, just the way the
0: season ended. Tyler. Oh, yeah, I was going to go with that, too. Like having them get bounced on home ice and not even get a win in the Western Conference final. It would have been great for that run to keep going a little bit. So I'll just agree with Rick. That's an easy one.
1: Um, yeah, that was going to be mine. So I'll just I'm going to steal Liam's as well. That goal by the he who shall not be named. I was sitting right behind the net when that went in and you could see it from where i was sitting fly our up net? like our net yep yeah. sitting like 15 feet up in the air i'm like and i remember leaning over to my buddy i'm like i think that's going in <laughs> Donk! and then watching mike smith go whoa i just it was just <laughs> it was weird it was a weird one um and then just my other low light was probably like january when we were convinced, Tyler kept saying it in the office, so I'm throwing you under the bus, pal. But ah. the Oilers were not going to make the playoffs last year after the way things were going with Dave Tippett before he got gassed. Just that whole... And it's not hanging this on Tyler specifically. There was a lot of us that were saying that. It was just that period of last year was so bad. So, so bad. So there's a low light for you. So there you go. See it. It's for friends at Tourism Jasper. Check them out at jasper.travel. Get yourself the escape card. Get a couple of discounts. Go skiing. By the looks, the website, the Marmon Basin website, it is looking nice. Get on out there. And if you want to play hockey in the end of uh, January, sign up for a team. Tyler, do you got buttons for us today or no? I do. Well then, for our friends at Soho, check them out at Soho Y E G. It is time for hot and cold performers. Go in there on game days. They've got specials for you, Tyler. Special.
0: Uh, Half-price chicken wings, that's pretty good. $8 (coughs) for a pint and a slice, I would say that's pretty good as well.
1: You can watch the game on a 100-inch screen. It is great down at Soho. If it's not a game day, maybe even check out some of the events they got going up. Some live music in there? Come on. It's a great spot. Great people. Great pizza. Soho.yeg.com. We start off with our veggies every week. Nation Dan, you're up first. You're our cold performer of the week. Uh, my Cold Performer of the
2: Week is just going to be myself and technology. Uh, I have received a few gift cards over the weekend uh, and haven't been able to get any of them to work on multiple websites. Struggling with that. Uh, I missed this week's episode of uh, this very podcast because my laptop is not working. My Both of my phones have reached capacity for files, so I've had to go through those <laughs> and wipe those over this holiday week. It's just been me and technology gets my Cold Performer of the Week. <laughs>
1: Uh, Liam you're up next your Soho Cold Performer of the Week Uh, I have so many I have so many Cold (laughs)
4: Performers this week it's been a weird week (laughs) but the one uh, so my car broke down that was big Um, Mm -hmm. but the one I'm going to give it to is the Calgary Roads is very strange around here you'll be driving around and then all of a sudden the lane just ends in the middle of the highway and you're like, oh, like, there's no, there was nothing telling me this until I literally saw the barricade <laughs> right in front of me. So no wonder everyone drives like an absolute lunatic around there. You really never have any idea which way the road is going to turn. So that's the way I'm going to go with my co form of the week. Calgary Roads.
3: There you go. Sound you, need some too. Pass- oh. you need some passenger seat bananas, it sounds like. I'm
1: <laughs>
2: That's what happens Rick. when you ban sidewalks.
1: That is true, yeah. And you just live in a shithole. Smells like Itchy Ban. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. Itchy Ban, but like sometimes, you know, the whole the whole city just stinks. Smells like feet. Lames, <laughs> Rick, your Soho cold Performer of the week.
3: Uh, I gotta give it to the clowns out there trying to explain how the Uyghur hit wasn't dirty. Uh, there's just no way of doing it except the fact that it was a dirty play. It's you know you you look pretty bad out there when you're trying to explain to everyone that it wasn't and trying to sit there and, and spin it however you want. to. So just uh, accept it. it was a dirty play.
1: That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Talia are your Soho cold front of the week.
0: Me for getting suspended in beer league hockey. That's generally ah. a pretty embarrassing <laughs> thing to do.
3: This isn't on you. You told us a story. This is definitely on the, uh, the Bush league team and then that for the league, i sorry. And then that, that one official, I think he has an issue mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, is this, your,
4: is this your first suspension in a yeah, rec league? So,
3: yeah. mm, first but, this I, season. <laughs> I got you know a
4: eight game once.
0: Ooh, from rec soccer?
4: Yeah, I punched somebody. It was that heated <laughs> game.
1: <laughs> Go right in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the dark uh, league. <laughs> my appeal. Cold Performer of the Week, I don't even want to mention the company name, but I bought myself a wallet on black Friday thinking that I was going to like it and I did not like it. And they gave me 60 days to return that piece of shit. And now they're making it as difficult as humanly possible for me to get my money back on this horrible garbage fucking wallet that I spent too much money on. And I cannot wait to get my credit so that I can go light them up on every platform because it is a shit wallet. It is terrible to use. It's annoying. It's overpriced piece of garbage. What the hell is going on? Thank
3: you. I'll give you a bonus. Stay tuned. St- Stay tuned to future episodes Ooh. when Bag drops the company yeah, That escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just, I was telling Tyler like, how many times have I complained about that wallet to you, Tyler? Yeah, and I, I
0: think it's weird because I have a similar one and I like it.
1: No, yours has more options than mine. Uh, Is it my like prob- mine? No, yours also has more options than mine. Mm. I like. I would like my wallet to be like your wallet. This oh, one I that's know. just all there's no yeah. there's no organization. It's just you're you're fucking free balling out there.
4: It's kind of like uh, a clamp, right? Yeah, more or less. Mm, yeah, I've, I've seen those ones. I understand your frustration.
1: Awful, <laughs> awful, and the fact that they sleep at night, selling people these garbage wallets at the price that they pay. Good lord! Now they're giving me a hassle. Come on! All right, let's end off the podcast with a positive note. We're going to do our hot performers of the week for our friends at Soho. Tyler, you're up first. Ah, oh, my hot performer
0: of the week. I'm just giving it to the man, Stuart Skinner. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've drafted and developed a legitimate number one starting goalie. And after that game against Calgary, I am willing to say he is a legitimate number one starting goalie. So, Stuart Skinner, I love you, and you get my hot performer of the week.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I press the button. I hit the cash register.
1: Oh. I'll hit it again. Yo. No, I did not hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, you're a hot performer of the week.
3: <laughs> well, we're just going to go to give it to our young friend there, Reed Schaefer. Uh, you know what? They're just making the team, getting out there, having a, a little twirl with Team Canada. The World Juniors, is a bit, pretty big step in his career. So let's give it to you. Young Ginger Beef.
1: <laughs> Liam, you're up next. Your Soho Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, I
4: will stay on the World Juniors path too. I'll give mine to Carter Hutton though. Did you guys hear what he did? No. So he he called. Uh, I think the goalie for Canada, Benjamin Gaudreau, I believe his name is. So after that game against Czechia, where he got pulled and all that kind of stuff, which wasn't really all on him, uh, Carter Hutton called him and just gave him like some words of advice on like how to deal with like the adversity of like playing hockey on the big stage and that kind of stuff and. They had no relationship prior. They had never spoken. They had never met. But I thought that was pretty cool. They just reached out to help a, a young goalie like that. So,
0: Carter Hutton. And- ah, damn it! I forgot to load up a button. Um, <laughs> one, sec, one sec, Liam. Give me. A, um,
3: this is
2: this is what happens when people work from home.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not in the zone today.
1: Neisha Dan, your hot performer of the week.
2: Uh, my hot performer of the week is going to be a selfish one and it's gonna be for everybody that's a part of this podcast uh i'm wow. sad to announce this will be my final podcast of 2022 oh jesus like, christ <laughs> <laughs> I that, just just thought of doing that while i was doing this uh but it, it's an absolute blast to be able to do this podcast i would say like 40% of the time, we're worried that we might have not have enough content to be able to fill out the hour, but I don't think we've <laughs> ever had an issue at the end of the episode uh, coming up with things to say, at least not in the last 600,000 or whatever episodes mm-hmm. we've done. So uh, just a, a huge shout out to everybody that that goes into helping this podcast get put together and, uh, and then also the listeners, of course, get my hot form of the week.
1: Pour it on! Uh just wrap it off for Soho, my hot performer of the week. I'm just gonna say Greta Thunberg's Twitter game this past <laughs> week. I don't need to go into oh, it a whole lot. Pass me that pizza box. If you know, you know. And I'm going to give her a shout-out for a couple of, of amazing dunks that she put on, despite the fact that she is not tall enough to dunk, but she did it anyway. Greta Thunberg, your Twitter game gets my hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. Good job. There you have it. There you have it. For our friends at DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Tourism Jasper, Soho, and uh, what else we got here? Oh, Betway. Thank you guys for being here. This is the last Oilers Nation Radio episode of 2022. We will be back on Tuesday next week. And between now and then, I would love nothing more than if you reached out to me on social media and you said, hey, Bag Milk, I signed up for the nation vacation to Toronto with your friends at AMA Travel. We're joining you. We're joining you because we thought it would be a great time, which it will be. So head on over to nationgear.ca. Get yourself involved. Tyler, final thoughts?
0: Happy New Year's. There you go. Happy New Year, buddy.
3: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.